This episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Then there was bass. Good evening, motherfuckers and motherfuckers. This is your host, Young Dolomite, of the Too Much Game Podcast, live from the Boom Boom Room. Once again, um, I know I was supposed to be here motherfucking yesterday at some point, but had a hectic day. Nigga had some um, technical difficulties with my my motorcycle. Some some bullshit happened. What's going on, Keandre? Um, you know, went to go pick up a motorcycle with my little cousin. Congratulations to little Mike. That nigga got him a Harley now. He's he's gang gang now. Out here on ground getting our pound on and shit. Motherfucker spent most of yesterday going to pick up my cousin's Harley. Um, you know, riding down from fucking Apple Valley. My cousin had me in fucking Radiator Springs and shit like. That nigga had a young nigga fucking traveling out this motherfucker. Nigga went on a fucking dirt road to pick up a Harley. And then if y'all know about Harleys, these motherfuckers is heavy bikes. These ain't no off-road bikes. Nigga damn near bust his ass out there on that motherfucker, but nigga, I was I was glad to see my little cousin get him some shit. Motherfuckers out there had big fun yesterday. So I apologize for, you know, not getting this show out when I wanted to, but. You know, like I said, even though I might not be at this motherfucker every time, on time, you know, y'all for sure gonna get the show every week. Like, you know, I'm I'm big on consistency. I'm big on if I say I'm gonna do something, doing it. I might not do it when I say I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna make sure I do that shit. So, you know, I'm here. But um, anyway, I think I'm gonna entitle today's episode "Protect Your Spot." Um, fucking, I think Ellen is, she's on verge of cancellation. And I don't think the Ellen show is going to be canceled because it's such a big fucking show. But, you know, they, they talking about possibly firing Ellen. You know, she has some, some workplace situations. I guess it was a, a, a toxic work environment on the Ellen show, a, a bunch of, you know, racism and, intimidation people not treating each other right and you know everybody who who knows anything about ellen DeGeneres, her show or her as a person you know she's always like super duper positive you know everything about ellen is always you know dancing and positivity and you know giving light to just all things positive like you know she always got somebody on there being real nice and you know saying nice shit doing nice shit for people so you know to to hear all this fucked up shit about ellen is taking a lot of people back like they really tripping off this shit and you know one of the things that i heard amidst all of the bullshit going on with ellen was they already had a replacement named for her that dude who do that fucking taxi cab singing show i forgot that nigga name i should have did better research for this shit but Y'all niggas already know, man. I just hear some shit and kick some game about the shit. I don't be doing all the Googles and all that old shit. So I really don't know homeboy name. If if y'all know the nigga, y'all know the nigga. He he do like a bunch of TV shows. Everybody think he gay, but I think he got like a wife and kids. But anyway, they saying that he might be the dude that replaces her on the show. And it's just, you know. The first thing came to my mind is like, dude, no matter how popular you are, no matter how much people say they like you or say they love you, nigga, your your fucking replacement is around the corner. And that goes for any situation that you in, any relationship that you in, like, nigga, when you gone, the world gonna keep spinning. Like, this is something that motherfuckers been telling me my whole life, like, as, as important as you think you are in any situation, when you die, the world gonna keep spinning. 
when you get fired from your job, somebody going to get hired. Like when anything that happened to you, when you gone, somebody's going to replace you. They might not be able to replace you to the degree that you did the job that you was in. But your replacement there, my nigga, you're going to be replaced. You know, so I'm just like the, the, the thought that came to my head as far as Ellen is motherfuckers got to protect their spot. You know, like, um, you know, in, in athletics, like in the NBA, like I hear that shit a lot with a lot of basketball players. Like they, they come and join the team. And sometimes, you know, a lot of them have a veteran player that'll, you know, show them the game, teach them what they supposed to do, tell them about the league. But they also got dudes who ain't going to tell them shit or that's going to tell them the wrong thing because they looking at this young motherfucker as a dude that came to take their fucking spot. And we all know ain't nobody trying to train their replacement in any motherfucking thing. Like a lot of us have been in work situations where you're literally training a person who's there to replace you possibly. Like I remember I worked a job like that where a nigga was literally training a supervisor to take his position. He was getting demoted and he was supposed to train the dude who was taking the spot that he once had and that nigga was tripping you know and back to the last i think the last episode or the episode before that where i had mentioned being in situations where you stuck in a job like you want to dip but you can't dip they fucking you over and you can't even jet out that's one of the worst motherfucking positions in the world like you know that's that's the definition of motherfucking slavery and your ass don't want to be in the position of no motherfucking slave like that shit sucks, you know, and um, that was the little intro I went a little long on that shit because I did kind of want to speak on this uh Jonathan Isaacs situation. You know, the boy Jonathan Isaacs, I think he played for the Orlando Magic. You know, they the NBA season is back. They they in the NBA bubble and all that good old shit. You know, they I, we getting to watch basketball again. You know, everybody in, you know, in the NBA, you know, uh, Adam Silver been, he been doing his thing. Like, I've been seeing a, a, a lot of players with, like, Black Lives Matter written on their jersey. Uh, some people got, like, equality. Other motherfuckers got, like, justice. And, you know, they let niggas put, like, little slogans on the back of their jersey. You know, just, you know, social justice type shit. Like, that shit smooth. And during the the national anthem at a lot of these games, a lot of the players have been kneeling, you know, making little political statements. Everybody wearing like Black Lives Matter T-shirts and shit like that, you know, and and I fuck with that. I I like that. I, I like the fact that Adam Silver is allowing players to have a voice, you know, in in matters that go on outside of basketball. That shit is a beautiful thing. But this motherfucker, Jonathan Isaacs, felt like, you know, he wanted to go against the grain a little bit. And it was funny because, like, I was thinking about doing a show about that shit. You know, I I couldn't really develop the thoughts to the degree that I really wanted to. But eventually, I'm going to get around to possibly doing something like that. But it would have to be in another context because, you know, that that shit ain't, ain't something that I really think too much about. But, you know, the the thought and I think I had put that shit as the caption when I posted that shit like, you know, it's not always great to be different. You know, like I, I, I believe in being different. I believe in going against the crowd. You don't always have to go with what everybody is doing. You don't have to always go with conventional wisdom and, and what, you know, what everybody else does and do things the way that other people do it. But at the same time. Sometimes what everybody's doing is the right thing, my nigga. You know, it's like fucking brain surgery or some shit. Like, it ain't like you like, you know what? I'm going to be different today. I'm going to conduct this motherfucking brain surgery with a butter knife because I'm different. Like, it's, it's not always good to go against the crowd, you know, especially when the crowd is fighting for something like fucking justice. Like, dog, like we're all kneeling in unity. We're all wearing these Black Lives Matter t-shirts to show unity. You trying to be like this ain't the moment for you to try to be fucking different. And God showed his motherfucking ass why he should kneel. That motherfucker got a knee injury in the game and got carried off the fucking court. 
like poetic justice like a motherfucker like nigga if you don't sit down god gonna sit you down like this is something that uh we we talk about in the trucking industry a lot like you know a lot of truck drivers we we like to try to stay up you know 18 hours a day and shit we like to try to drive literally like 20 hour shifts and shit and you know there's something that we call a sleep debt where if you don't go to sleep your body gonna make your ass go to sleep and that's what i was thinking when i seen this motherfucker jonathan isaac get that motherfucking knee injury like nigga now your ass can't stand for this motherfucking national anthem everybody is kneeling for justice everybody's trying to show unity everybody is trying to do they thing to send a message and you want to be the one motherfucker you know when i originally heard the story i didn't see who it was i just heard the name and i assume it was probably like some backwood redneck hillbilly white dude who's like yeah my i got i got family in the military and we respect the flag and you know all that old shit that they like to say to to mask their racism i'm patriotic and i always believe in standing for the flag and you know, all that, all that old shit they be doing, you know, and it, it is what it is. Like, you know, a lot of the motherfuckers, like, you know, I'm, I'm not finna hate on them niggas for their ignorance, but to me, that's what that shit is. But with this nigga, like, nigga, so, so you want to look like a dickhead in the name of being different? Like, it's a lot of motherfuckers that's different. Being different ain't always the cool shit. Like, nigga, Jeffrey Dahmer was different, you know, like different ain't always a win like you know i get doing something unconventional in the context of trying to be a revolutionary in an industry or in an endeavor that you're going into like you know i'm gonna be a a different type of podcast you know i'm gonna do this podcast like this i get that but my nigga when everybody is trying to show unity for a cause that's something positive don't go against that, my nigga, especially if your alternative ain't something at least constructive. Like, nigga, you just, oh, I just don't think like everybody else. Like, dog, I I don't fucking get it, my nigga. Like, that ain't even something I want to understand. Like, you know, I always talk about, like, we don't always need to agree and we don't always need to, you know, get along with shit. But it's just certain shit that's like, come on, my nigga. Like, we all going in the right direction. So you going to go in the wrong direction just to say you different? You sound fucking idiotic. Like, you know, um, I don't feel sorry for that nigga. Usually, I, I hate to see players get injured. But in this case, hey, man, fuck that nigga. You know, sit, go kneel your motherfucking ass on the sideline. Now you got to kneel all the time. Go limp your ass over there to the sideline. And let somebody school your ass on what the fuck we going through in the black community. But, you know, back to the shit. And matter of fact, let me not forget. Happy birthday to my Wheezy. You know, it was my wife's birthday on the first and shit. Uh, you know, air horns and all, all that old shit. Like, gunshots. All, all the shit. All of my fucking, um, what you call that shit? All my sound effects for my Wheezy birthday. Happy birthday, babe. But, uh, you know, anyway, fuck Jonathan Isaacs. But, uh, back to the shit, man. Um, you know, the, the fact that you are replaceable, you know, back to what I was talking about with Ellen DeGeneres possibly being replaced in her job. And, you know, like this, we see this shit a lot. I, I seen a meme, you know, even though callback i'm banned from instagram like i saw a meme earlier with um them motherfuckers said they was gonna replace nick cannon on wilding out with jonathan seacrest i'm sure that's bullshit but it was funny though but that's kind of what they do a lot of times in tv and things like that like you know when 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 you go down they gonna have somebody waiting to take your motherfucking spot you know and I always draw parallels to shit. When I thought about this whole little shit with Ellen DeGeneres and the shit just happening and them niggas already got a motherfucker to replace her. Like, I always look at shit like this as a motivational situation. Like, I look at the fact that I'm replaceable in anything 
as motivation to try to be the best at everything. Like, even though I know there's always or not even even though, but the fact that I know there's always somebody gunning for my spot makes me work that much harder at everything I do. You know, like I always tell motherfuckers when it comes to just my mind frame and my approach to life in general. Like these niggas ain't my fucking competition. Like I, I I don't feel like I got competition with no nigga. Like I'm competing against myself. I'm trying to be the best me I can be because the only nigga that I'm competing with is myself. But at the same time, I, uh, I also understand that everything that I do, there's somebody waiting to take my role in what I do. Whether that be in relationships, whether that be in friendships, whether that be in working environments, whether that be in endeavors outside of work, entrepreneurship, motherfucking podcasting, anything. Any place where you dip out, there's going to be a person. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. It all adds up to the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner waiting to take your motherfucking spot and fulfill your role in anything so you should always try to put yourself in a position to at least make enough of a statement that even after you're replaced motherfuckers gonna still mention your name you know just like with you know you know rest in peace kobe bryant like even though you know when when he retired from basketball nick young took his spot but he left such an impression that, you know, and this goes beyond him just passing away. Because if Kobe Bryant was still alive, we'd still be mentioning Kobe. Just like Michael Jordan is alive and we still mentioning Kobe. Just because somebody can replace you don't mean they can replace you to the degree that you were there. You know, and a lot of times, you know outside of the context of basketball like in a relationship like you should always treat your mate like they got a replacement for you in mind sadly a lot of motherfuckers do have a replacement for you in mind like they know who they gonna go fuck with if you fuck up and that's a scary motherfucking thought but at the same time you just have to maneuver as if that is an actual fact, whether or not it be a fact, you know, because sometimes motherfuckers really only have eyes for you. Some motherfuckers really only want you. They not thinking about nobody else. But like I said, I just use that shit as motivation, because even if a motherfucker is not thinking about nobody else, nigga, somebody else thinking about them. Like, nigga, just because your woman ain't thinking about no other niggas, trust me, my nigga. There's other niggas looking at your woman. Women, there's other men or other women looking at your man. Like, competition out there, my nigga. Some, your replacement is out there. Somebody, whether they can replace you or not, wants to. And you should always move accordingly. You should be trying to treat your girl just as good as all them niggas lying in her DM about treating her. It's always a nigga in your girl DM telling her how much better than you he is. Oh, man, you know, every day I'm going to buy you flowers. I'm going to tell you how beautiful you are. And I'm going to pay all your bills and pay all your rent. I'm going to pay your school loans off. And I'm going to get your nails done. And I'm, I'm going to pay for your fucking hair to get done. That lying... But they trying. 
And you should always move like that's happening. Like, nigga, I, I'm, I'm always trying to be as great a husband as I could be. So my wife feels like there's no other nigga that can do this shit. Like, I'm, I'm irreplaceable. And a lot of times it ain't even something that I do, like, consciously. Like, it ain't like every time I do something for my wife, I'm like, shit, let me keep the side niggas away. Let me go ahead and buy some. Keep these side niggas away. Let me tell her she beautiful. Keep these side niggas away. I do that shit because I'm in love with my wife. But at the same time, it's also like a nigga. Ain't no another nigga finna take my motherfucking spot. Like, just like with my daughter. Like, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to be the best example of a man as I could be. So my daughter sees that. You know, this this is what you should be looking for. This is the type of man that you should be looking for. You should be looking for a man that is in love with you beyond anything else. You know, a, a, a man that's going to give you all of his time, all his effort. He's going to do everything he could possibly do to make you happy because it's all about you. Like, th- this is how I approach everything with my family. Like, I have a position as the head of my household, as the husband of my wife and the father of my children. And I take that position very seriously because I don't want my kids calling no another nigga daddy. I don't want my wife calling no another nigga babe. So I do the best I could do as a husband and father to protect my position. You know, like this goes to, you know, work situations like when it comes to being an employee, being an employer, being any motherfucker playing any role. I always make sure to do the best that I can in any role. So ain't nobody even thinking about replacing my motherfucking ass. I don't want my job like, you know what? I I think another driver is is more dependable than Anthony. I think there's another motherfucker who can who can do this a little better than he can. Nah, I want to make sure that any motherfucking position I'm in, there's nobody who you even going to allow to audition for my motherfucking spot. Like, I want to make sure that I'm the, the numero uno in any motherfucking thing. Like, you feeling like, nah, nigga, we can't replace him. And even if we have to replace him, whoever we replace him with is going to be a downgrade. Like, it's something that, like, I always would laugh at back in my younger, pettier days. Like, nigga, when when I was like three and four years into my marriage, I would go and look at like my ex's social media profiles and be like, (laughs) these bitches still single. I am irreplaceable. Like, y'all, y'all, it wasn't me, obviously, because I've been married a few good years and y'all niggas ain't even got a man. You still can't replace me yet, motherfucker. Like. It was petty, I admit that. But I was younger and less mature, so I got off on shit like that. Like, I used to love that type of shit. Like, you doing bad, I'm doing good. Obviously, I wasn't the motherfucking problem. Like, hey, hey, bitch. I got a good laugh off that shit. But any motherfucking way, like... You should always try to protect any position that you put in. Like you should always try to make a statement in any position that you put in. Because, you know, the thing is, a lot of times your replacement in any position is inevitable. All good things come to an end. A lot of times you get replaced in situations and it's no fault of your own. Like, you know, I I talk to dudes all the time. Sometimes I talk to even women who talk about how a relationship ended and they felt like they did everything that they could. They did as much as they could to make the relationship work and the relationship just didn't work. And, you know, like I tell them, sometimes you're just not compatible with a person. But you can always walk away from any situation with your head held high, knowing that you did the best that you could. Like you did everything you could to make this shit work and it just didn't work. Like you should be able to walk away from any situation happy knowing that you left it all on the floor. You gave it all you could. You did the best that you could because you always feel worse knowing 
that you lost the race knowing you could have ran faster. You fucked up knowing that you didn't give it all you could. And that is the reason that you lost. Like, I never feel bad knowing that I gave it my best. Like, you know, so in a situation where, say, you you lose out on a relationship because this has happened to me. Like, nigga, I, I was doing the best that I could. I felt like I did everything that I could have did in order for the relationship to work. And it fell through. And as sad as I was that the relationship was gone, the one thing that I was able to keep my head high on was the fact that I gave it my all. Like, I did all the fuck I could. Like, nigga, that's on her. Nigga, she she didn't want all this good shit that I had to offer, man. That's Hey, man, that's, that's on her. It is what it is. You know, and like I said, in my pettier days, it was a situation where I was laughing at her because... I would watch her try to replace me and that would not happen, you know, but in in my more mature times, it's more of a situation like, hey, man, you know, everything ain't for everybody. Everybody can't have good taste and it is what it is. And that ain't even on no cocky shit, but just, you know, like some motherfuckers realize late what they had when they had a good thing us included us as people we all can think of something that in our lifetime we would still have it if we appreciated it or we didn't appreciate it when we had it even though it had to go away like a family member like you know you always cry the hardest at funerals when you got unfinished business with a person like i i I thought i think about like the funerals that i cried the hardest at and the funerals that I didn't cry yet. And I it, there's funerals I didn't cry yet. And it's not because I didn't love the person. But because I had no unfinished business with the person. Like me and that person had all, all the memories that we could have created. We created them. All of the conversations that we had, that we could have had, we did have. And I felt comfortable in that. You know, and this is with positions like my grandmother's funeral i didn't cry because we didn't have no unfinished business she knew she was ready to go i knew she was ready to go i told her i loved her multiple occasions we always expressed our love for each other we always had conversations about how much you know we respected each other how much we were proud of each other like everything was what it was supposed to be so i didn't cry but on the other hand, the funeral that I cried the hardest at, my cousin Snoop. My cousin Snoop, like, you know, we, we was both young. I think when Snoop died, I think I think I was like 27. He was like 26. And like my, my last words to my cousin was bring my gun back. I didn't tell him I loved him. I didn't tell him goodbye. I didn't tell him be safe. I didn't I didn't tell them what you're supposed to tell a person when they're going into a dangerous situation. Like I took for granted the fact that my cousin was with that bullshit. Like he 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 was he was with all that, you know. So when I, you know, gave him what I gave him, you know, my last words was nigga, bring my fucking gun back. You know, I see you in the morning and I, I never seen him again. Like that was my last time seeing my cousin alive. I had unfinished business with my cousin. Like, it's not that I never told him I loved him because I did. But at the same time, like, that's just not your the the lasting impression that you want to leave with a person. Like, you know, I, I believe in not taking for granted the fact that you're going to have a position forever. You know, like my position with him as living cousins was terminated, you know, and. The, the the way that our relationship ended fucked me up. Like, I had to get carried into that fucking funeral home because I was fucking devastated. Like, the shit didn't even hit me when I got the news. It was just like, you know, Snoop didn't make it. And it, it the shit wasn't even real to me. It just was like, you know, all right, you know, shit happens. Like, it, I kind of wasn't really tripping because it's like it was like watching a fucking movie or some shit. Like I, I just was numb when when I got the news, 
And I'm like, all right, for sure. Hung up the phone and just went on about my day. Like, that shit really didn't hit me until that funeral. You know, and, and a lot of times, that's how a lot of shit happens when you lose a position. Like, it, it don't become real until you really realize that your position is gone. And that's when that shit hit like a fucking ton of bricks. Like, I was cool for the, the, the little bit of time leading up to that situation. And then when that shit hit, nigga, I was floored. You know, and that's a, a another parallel to this shit. Like, nigga, you got to give 100% while you're in your position. So you make a lasting fucking impression because when when you out of your position, the the world going to keep fucking spinning, you know, like just like with my cousin, you know, he he passed away and we was motherfucking devastated. But that didn't stop nothing from happening. You know, life goes on. But even in that, when I was sitting in that fucking funeral, like I'm just thinking, like, look at the impact this nigga had on people. You know, like, it it was a packed fucking house. It was standing room only, and niggas was standing outside. Like, all these people is here because of the impact that this motherfucker left on the fucking planet. And he was younger than me. But just seeing how he did his thing while he was here was like, nigga, motherfucker got work to do off this motherfucker. Like, nigga, you know, because... It's morbid, but a, a, a funeral is going to be the biggest celebration that you have. Like, niggas going to be at your funeral who missed your wedding. Niggas going to be at your funeral who missed your fucking birthday parties and all of that shit. But, you know, the thing is, your funeral a lot of times is a culmination of all of your life's work. It's, uh, 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 it's symbolic of everything that you've done while you were here on earth like all of the lives that you impacted while you was here on earth is people who's all gonna be at your fucking funeral you know so while you in your position just on earth nigga you should be trying to be the best you you can be you should be trying to you know make as many positive impressions on people as you can so you know in your absence your presence will be remembered like you you should always be trying to make positive impacts on people like, you know, and again, in any position that you're in, you know, whether you be an employee, nigga, you should always be trying to be as nice as you can to other employees. My nigga, you know, you should be cool with your boss, cool with everybody. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. It all adds up to the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. As cool as you can be, you ain't got to kiss nobody ass, be no brown nose or no bitch ass nigga, but you should be trying to leave as a, as positive an impact on people that you come across as you can, which, you know, I felt like Ellen DeGeneres was doing. She seemed like one of the most positive motherfuckers on the planet, but you know, on, on the, the back end, what a lot of us obviously didn't know was, you know. She had a motherfucking toxic work environment, which is fucked up. You know, that shit is all bad. You you hate to see it on some real shit because, you know, it ain't like I'm like a big Ellen DeGeneres fan. But, you know, I, I don't want to see nothing bad happen to people who I perceive as good people and shit. Let me take a sip. But anyway, 
Like, you know, I, I just believe in leaving as positive an impression on people as you can, you know, and always working like they hiring for your position, because if you're not there, they got a fucking stack of applications waiting for your motherfucking ass. Just like with Ellen DeGeneres. I'm sure when her position had the possibility of being vacated, they probably had like a top three of four. You know, they had the one dude who was probably the, the top candidate. But I'm sure they probably had three or four motherfuckers in mind. Like they probably was like, yeah, what's Drew Carey doing? What's shit Ryan Seacrest doing? What's this person doing? Who can replace Ellen on the Ellen show? And in any position that you have in life, that's going to be a reality. Like they're thinking about who's going to replace you in the event that you go away. That's the whole reason that they have life insurance and shit. Because in your absence, bills still got to get paid. In your absence, shit still has to be taken care of. So... We need a way to replace this motherfucker's absence. And in life, you should always be trying to make a situation where money cannot replace you. Another person cannot replace you. Other things cannot replace you. You should want to make yourself irreplaceable. And this goes to putting forth the best effort at everything that you motherfucking do. Like you should be trying to work as hard as you can in anything that you're doing whether that be relationships friendships you know um entrepreneurial endeavors or otherwise like i always believe in trying to be the best me i can be because i don't want no motherfucker feeling like i can be replaced i don't never want to be in an argument with my wife and she thinking about some other motherfucker that wouldn't have had that argument with her like oh shit this nigga uh billy ray wouldn't have been like this so whoever the fuck like nigga i always want to be in a situation where no matter how bad it gets in anything because in everything shit ain't always great sometimes shit does go bad i want a motherfucker feeling like even though shit's fucked up i would rather go through the fucked up shit with this motherfucker than anybody else you know because like i remember in situations like at work like you know when when i was driving for this rebar company back in the day and we was doing a job at dodger stadium and i had got you know some bad directions or i'm not even gonna say i got bad directions i might have followed some directions badly and i ended up on a street i shouldn't have been on and I ran over some K-Rail and tow a tire up. Fuck this truck up. Did thousands of dollars in damage. You know, and I'm just sitting there nervous as shit. Like, fuck, man, I'm getting fired like a motherfucker. I'm fucking out of here. They finna get rid of my motherfucking ass. You know, and my supervisor came and, you know, he looked at the damage. And he was like, shit, this is gonna cost us some money. And I'm just like, man, look, I mean, you know, I, I apologize, blah, blah, blah. He like, man, why are you looking so worried? Like, what's wrong with you? I said, man, you know, I'm I'm trying to think about where, where the fuck I'm finna be working at. And he like, what are you talking about? Like, you're going to be working here. You know, this this shit happens. He like, you're you're our most dependable driver. You never complain. You always work hard. You always get, you know, everything done like you're supposed to. You got nothing to worry about. He was like, you know, if, if you was one of these employees that we've been waiting to get rid of, yeah, you probably would have been fired. Not even going to lie to you. We probably would have got rid of your ass because this this is an expensive problem. But at the same time, you know, he just said, you know, you've you've proven to us that you are a good employee worthy of us dealing with this situation. Like your presence is bigger than this situation. So. Don't even worry about it. You know, you you're going to be all right. You know, we not we not finna get rid of you for this shit. Like you've done way more good than bad. And this goes to, you know, the protection of your position in any situation. Like, you know, you should always be trying to make sure that you leave a more positive reflection on people than negative. 
because when it comes to shit going foul, motherfuckers is way more likely to get rid of you when they know you ain't shit as opposed to when they understand that you are valuable. Because like I said, shit always go funky. But when shit going funky with a motherfucker who you love, you know, they you you always get way more passes with a motherfucker that fuck with you. You know, and this goes so like I always talk about like musicians and shit. Like a lot of musicians get a way bigger pass than others because they are popular. You know, like Beyonce could say a whole lot of shit that will get um I don't know, uh Saweetie or some shit, whatever her name is, canceled. Or uh what's on girl? Um Doja Cat. Like there's certain motherfuckers that ain't got the past that other motherfuckers got because other motherfuckers have created relationships. They've created a reputation. They've created an aura that makes them way less replaceable than other people. You know, like we hear this a lot. We see a lot of this shit in memes, in relationships, in situations in general when talking to third parties about you know, arguments and shit that other motherfuckers have. Like, nigga, just because A and B got away with something don't mean your ass could get away with it because you ain't A or B. You know, like my my co-host on Cat vs. Dog was talking about, you know, dark-skinned niggas get away with a lot more shit than light-skinned niggas can get away with with her because she like dark-skinned niggas more. And this is just a reality like this ain't even nothing that I judge motherfuckers about because everybody has prejudice. So you have to put yourself in a position where the prejudice works in your favor. You have to put yourself in a position to where you are that person that has that golden ticket in a lot of situations. You know, this happens a lot in work environments you know all the supervisors got their favorite workers you know all motherfuckers in any political position not just governmental politics but in normal human politics you know job politics family politics um the politics of friendships friend groups um you know just small collectives of people in general these political circles where the the way that you get down in your social circle when you have created an environment where motherfuckers really fuck with you tough you can get away with a lot more and this ain't saying you getting away with shit like you doing bullshit on purpose but this is saying that when something negative happens whether that be a miscommunication or a situation that something didn't go like y'all planned for it to go and y'all having negative feelings towards each other or it's just a negative interaction in general you have favor in a in a position to where they won't stop fucking with you because of said situation like they not gonna let five or ten dollars end your whole relationship they not gonna let you know them hearing something the way that you didn't mean to say it fuck y'all relationship up you know they not gonna let your interaction with a person that they don't like fuck y'all relationship up but when y'all already had negative feelings towards each other when y'all already was you know on the rocks already kind of wasn't fucking with each other in general it ain't nothing for them to cut your ass off you know like my this whole episode is me you know, basically trying to tell you to make yourself above the cutoff. And I don't have no bunch of like small actionables because, you know, I don't really do that a lot on this show because I feel like a lot of motherfuckers listening to this show already have common sense. You know, a, a lot of motherfuckers, you already know what the fuck you supposed to be doing. You know, and I tell my homeboys and people who ask me for advice a lot of times. Because a lot of motherfuckers that ask for advice are not always asking for you to give them actionable advice. A lot of times they're going to figure it out on their own. You know, we all know people after we get them advice that's going to do what they're going to do, whether we tell them to do it or not. A lot of times we give a nigga advice 
and they do the exact opposite because a lot of time motherfuckers just ask you for advice to hear your opinion before they go do what the fuck they was going to do in the first place. So a lot of times I don't really give a whole lot of actionables in this show. I usually just give um, like basically advice based on a mindset that I feel like you should have before you do something. So when you got the right mindset, that's going to guide your action. A lot of times when you have the right mindset, that guides the actions that you do more than me telling you the action to do. If that makes sense to you. Like I remember, you know, when I used to ride dirt bikes and shit when I was younger and my dad would always tell me, if you look at something, you're going to run into it. Like it, it wasn't a, you keep your hands on the fucking handlebars and then you like, no, it was just nigga. Just keep your eyes where they supposed to be at. Like it, it wasn't an actionable. It was a mindset nigga. Like, just you know make sure the 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 bike is gonna do what the bike is gonna do you don't have to control the bike once you use the throttle the bike is gonna do what the bike is gonna do so just look at what you want to go to not what you don't want to go to i feel like that was more mindset advice than actionable advice and that's how i give advice on this fucking show i just want to put you in the right mindset because once you get the mindset a lot of times you already know what to do. You already know what you gonna do. So when I talk on this show about protecting your spot a lot of times and I tell you to just do the best that you can to be in a positive position. A lot of times, y'all, you got common fucking sense. A lot of the people who listening to this show are fucking grown. I don't think a lot of motherfuckers got kids listening to this shit because the way I talk. Only fucking kids probably listen to too much game is my kids because they know me and I'm they daddy. But outside of that, y'all motherfuckers is grown. So when I tell y'all to leave a positive impression with people and do good things and work hard and shit like that, a lot of this shit is shit that y'all already know what the fuck to do. So this is more of a mindset situation. Like you should just always be in a position in anything that you do to protect, to protect your position, whatever that is, whether it's an employee whether you a father, whether you a mother, whether you a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, homie, homie lover friend, side nigga, side bitch, whatever the fuck position you in. Because even when you a side bitch or a side nigga, man, you know, you you might be wanting to replace the, the main motherfucker or some shit. You got to be the best side bitch or side nigga you can be. So you can take that motherfucker from whoever the fuck they with. Even though I don't believe in that shit. I'm side nigga killer. Fuck side niggas. Fuck all y'all. If you fucking somebody girl, you a bitch ass nigga. Fuck you. Vice versa. Whatever the fuck. I'm, I'm not into that side shit. But I'm just saying though. Like nigga, even if you the nigga on the bench on a basketball team. You know, like nigga, you know. You don't want to be on that motherfucking bench. So you have to practice as hard as you fucking can. Whenever it's you against the nigga that's starting above you, you should be trying to bust his motherfucking ass. Fuck practicing like always just this just another practice. Nigga, you need to be practicing like it's game seven of the goddamn finals. You know, and this is just me in general. This is just always how I've been. This is always been my mindset in general like nigga whenever i was in a position where i was trying to fuck with a girl even if she had a nigga like not even on some side nigga shit but i just want to make the best fucking impression with with the motherfucker as i can so in the event that her and that nigga don't work out i should be the first nigga in mind when she becomes available like nigga let me make sure i'm always on point every time she see me i look good i smell good i got some positive shit to say i'm saying some good shit to her and all that so just in case her and this nigga break up i'm right here remember remember me the nigga who smelled good the nigga who dressed nice the nigga who always said something nice hey man check your boy out you know just like in in anything this episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. 
It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. It all adds up to the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. You know, when, when you're trying to apply for a job, you know, because a lot of times the job that we really want is probably some shit that we're going to have to do some extra work for. You know, and I think I've mentioned this shit before. Like, nigga, when, when you trying to get that good ass job, like, nigga, you might have to apply a couple times. You might have to call in a couple times after you drop that application off. You know, hey, um, you know, I was just checking to make make sure that, you know, my application was still in rotation. I was checking to, to see if y'all had considered me yet to see if y'all seen my application yet. You know, I, I wanted to know if I had to bring by any extra information or you know, showing up to that motherfucking person asking to speak to the supervisor and shit. Like, yeah, you know, I, I applied a couple of days ago. I just want to make sure, you know, you guys were still considering me. Like, you know, a, a lot of times you're going to have to do some extra work in a lot of positions or in a lot of situations to get a position. You know, you should always be trying to be the best you can be, whether you're trying to protect the position that you have or you're trying to acquire a position that you want. You know, like you, you want to secure that bag, my nigga. So you got to do everything you can do to secure that bag, to secure that motherfucking position, to get into that position, you know. And when you get that position, you have to work as hard as you can in that position to protect that position, to make yourself stand out in that position. Because a lot of times you're not the only motherfucker in that position. You're not the only motherfucker working hard in that position. But you have to work as hard as you can to be as good as you can in that position. Because of the fact that there are other people in that position. Like I take it back to the NBA. Like there's 450 active players in the NBA at any given time. There's 30 teams with 15 players apiece. That's 450 motherfucking players. That's 450 grown-ass men that play basketball that are probably the, the 450 best basketball players on the fucking planet. But that's 450 people. That's a lot of motherfuckers doing the same fucking shit. But you have to do what you have to do to stand out because there's 450 players in that motherfucker, but we all know LeBron James. When when Kobe was playing, there was 450 motherfucking players, but we all knew Kobe. There was 450 motherfuckers playing, but we all knew Shaq. Like, you want to put yourself in the upper echelon of the people that are in your position. You know, like, if you work at a motherfucking job, like, you want to work well enough to where everybody knows your name. Because a lot of times, you know, like we're protecting your position. Sometimes there are situations where you play your position so well, you can get put into a better position. So you want to play your position so well that you can end up in a better position. Like you, nigga, you you work at fucking McDonald's and you work in the fries. You do the fries so well, they promote you to the goddamn register. And then you do the register so well. They promote you to a fucking manager and so on and so forth. And you're fucking Calvin from them commercials back in the day. Now you got your own goddamn McDonald's. But this is all in protecting your fucking position and being the best that you can be in whatever fucking position that you're in. Because, you know, no matter how well you do your position, like Sugar Free said, nigga, no matter how hard you work to get something there's another motherfucker working twice as hard to take it from you. I always keep that fucking mindset. Like, I got to work hard as a motherfucker in anything that I do because I know. Like, nigga, I remember there was a meme of a motherfucker. Um, and, like, it was like a text message where a dude was like, oh, you're so beautiful. And, you know, you're you're gorgeous. You're radiant. Blah, blah, blah. And then the other, the the reply to the text was, Man, this ain't even her. This her nigga. But boy, I got to step my game up because you niggas is coming. Like, and I tell motherfuckers that shit all the time. Like, nigga, you, you got to spoil your girl like these niggas on Instagram lie about they going to spoil it. Because it's a million niggas shooting a shot at your girl. 
women, there's a lot of bitches shooting a shot at your nigga. Like, you know, I, I, I never like to take the mindset of thinking that I'm the only person that wants to fuck with the person who I'm with. Like my my wife was fine enough for me to try to holler. So it would be stupid for me to assume that nobody else is trying to holler. It would be fucking dumb for me to just think there's no niggas trying to get at my wife. Even though they know I'm her husband, they know all this shit that don't stop niggas from trying to holler at her. You know, like it, it's just a fucking reality. Nigga, my, my wife is fucking gorgeous, my nigga. So I know there's niggas trying to holler at her, but I have to do the best job I can do to make sure that as much as them niggas holler, she like, nigga, my husband is better than all you niggas. Outside of the fact that my wife knows I will kill one of these niggas like I'm I'm just doing the best I can to play this motherfucking position to where my wife don't feel like that shit is even worth it to to happen. Like I'm not even finna entertain you niggas outside of the fact that I know my husband to get rid of one of you niggas. My husband is just better than you niggas. So it ain't even worth it to even try that shit. I'd rather just deal with what the fuck I'm dealing with with this nigga because he's great. Like, and this is every motherfucking thing. You know, you always try to do the best that you can to fucking hold your spot down. You know, because like when you lose your spot, you don't never want to lose your spot because it's way the fuck harder to regain a spot you lost than to just maintain a spot that you have. Like just think about. Like in the NFL. Like Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback. Of the New England Patriots. For like five or six years. Or some shit like that. That nigga got injured. And then Tom Brady took over. And the rest is history. We never fucking heard from. Drew Bledsoe again. I think that nigga ended up playing for the goddamn Dolphins. Or some shit. Like. When um I forgot the name of the fucking Rams quarterback, but he got hurt and then Kurt Warner took over. Like you don't never want to be the motherfucker that lost the spot and then another motherfucker came in and did your job way better than you could ever do it. You better off just holding on to your spot and being the best you you could be. So another motherfucker don't come and take your spot and be amazing at that shit. Like it's a thousand motherfuckers that was in a spotlight. I'm not even sure who was this, the the shooting guard for the fucking Chicago Bulls before Michael Jordan got there, you know, or the the point guard for the 76ers when Allen Iverson got there, you know, or the center for the Orlando Magic before Shaq got there. Might have been Ronnie Cycli or some shit. I don't know. But, like, you always want to protect your fucking position because there's always somebody gunning for your fucking spot. You know, a, a lot of times, no matter where you are in life, to another motherfucker, that shit is an upgrade. Like, just like with you as a person, you want to be in a better position than the position that you are in. And a lot of times, there's already somebody there. Just like you are working very hard to take another motherfucking spot, there's a motherfucker under you working very hard to take your spot. So you should always be trying to work as hard as the fuck you can to protect the spot that you in and to get the spot that's above you because there's somebody below you that has the same motherfucking mindset. So you always got to make sure you have that mindset as well you always got to remember nigga no matter how hard you working there's another motherfucker working twice as hard to take it from you whatever the fuck position you in my nigga there's somebody hiring like i remember i had a bullshit job too i had the trash ass job the reason that i got these motherfucking tattoos on my hands that i've showed thousands of times because this job was trash like i wanted to quit all the fucking time but something that the fucking hr lady Will come in and tell us in order to, you know, quote unquote, motivate us. It was some fucked up motivation, but it was what it was. Like she would say, nigga, we got a stack of applications of motherfuckers waiting to replace y'all. 
like y'all y'all coming here and you want to drag your ass and you want to halfway work and y'all don't want to you know go as hard as you can you don't want to work at 100 percent. you want to work at 50 percent and 75 percent and all this shit we got a bunch of motherfuckers dying to do your job you know and like to me the shit was fucked up but it was something that stuck with me fucking forever because it applies you know it, it it goes beyond just that job nigga no matter where you at in life there's motherfuckers waiting to do what the fuck you doing there's niggas can't wait to take your girl there's bitches can't wait to take your man there's motherfuckers nigga you and your girl got 13 motherfucking kids there's somebody can't wait to be 13 motherfucking step step kids there's somebody who who waiting like how they say uh one man's trash is another man's treasure the reason that they say one man's trash is another man's treasure is because at one point it was the first man's treasure. He took it for granted and it became his trash. That shit was never no less treasure than it was when the first man got it. But he took it for granted and it became his trash. You know, like just think about used cars like the Mercedes that I have. It ain't no brand new motherfucking Mercedes, my nigga. That's not no 2020, 2021. Like, I got to use Mercedes, my nigga. But the thing is, to another person that sold it to him, it had became trash. But to me, it was treasure. It's a fucking Mercedes at the end of the day. It's a nice fucking Mercedes. That motherfucker immaculate. Had 85,000 miles. My nigga was practically new. New to me. Old to him. But again, it's treasure to him. It wasn't treasure to me. The shit was fucking treasure, you know, and and I look at positions like that, like, nigga, your position is treasure. You should treasure your position. You should treat it as treasure. When you upgrade, it could become your trash. But while it is your treasure, you have to treasure it like that. You have to treat it like that. You have to treat every position that you're in as a treasure because once you take that position for granted, you become trash. And that goes with anything. You take your job for granted, they'll trash your motherfucking ass. You take your girl for granted, she'll trash your motherfucking ass. You treat your friends for granted, they'll trash your motherfucking ass. So you don't want to take no position that you're in for granted or your ass to end up like any of these other motherfuckers who got fired and replaced. And now they watching another motherfucker do they show. You know, so I done said that shit a thousand times. And I'm going to say that motherfucking shit again. Protect your motherfucking position. And I'm going to drop the mic on that shit. This has been your host, Young Dolomite. Got a Too Much Game podcast. Live from the Boom Boom Room. Once again... If you would like to support us financially, it is patreon.com slash townhouse media. Town eat house media. Support all the townhouse media podcasts. Seriously, not another podcast. Friday nights, 9 p.m. Um the Talk Flirty Podcast. Talk Talk Flirty Tuesdays with just Nikki. You know that motherfucker be here anytime on tuesday you know just be looking out for the the talk 30 podcast on tuesdays um no rules podcast wednesday evenings hump days never be the same uh wednesday evenings 5 p.m they be live on facebook and i think live on spreaker um the sports for you podcast on tuesdays with um mark um john watson and nick motherfucking freeze they get cracking on Tuesdays. I think they be live. I got to figure out what time. Like I said, I be forgetting. I got a bad short-term memory. Uh, Sundays, the Cat vs. Dog podcast uh, with CJ, Chelsea Perry, the celebrity of Townhouse Media, and, of course, myself, Young Dolomite. Um, Sundays, 3 p.m., every Sunday. We do our motherfucking shit. Check us out. And, of course, if you hear, you already know. The Too Much Game podcast. Thursdays I'm supposed to be here Today I'm here on a Friday morning My bad But for the most part I'm gonna be recording these motherfuckers on Thursdays And be uh Live on Instagram You know Instagram live At 
Too Much Game Podcast. Follow me on uh, Instagram and on Twitter at Young Dolomite, Y-U-N-G-D-O-L-E-M-I-T-E. Um, you know, find me on YouTube to, at the Too Much Game Podcast. Um, like, comment, and subscribe. Find me on all streaming platforms. You can go to Alexa, say, Alexa, play Too Much Game Podcast. And my shit will start playing. I hope my shit don't do that because I got one in here. But anyway, um, think that might be it, man. Uh, leave a like, rate, and a review on fucking Apple Podcasts or whatever the fuck. That's actually it. I ain't here to help you get bitches. I'm here to help you get better. Too much gang. a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.